Jamie. How's it going? All right. How's it going for you? It's going it's going okay. All things all things considered. Um but you know what we want to talk about today um is not okay, <laughs> you know? So that's been weighing heavily on my mind. Um and I'm sure it has been on yours as well. Yeah, we're in the midst of you know another sort of big crisis this spring in the US and um as we've watched uh the uh, instances the really vivid instances recently of pr- um police brutality and white supremacy and and the the mm-hmm. vital response to that you know and and it's it's um you know, it's important to remember that all that stuff we've seen these last few months are are just the latest and most um, visible in a long line of hundreds of years of um, hi- America's history of racist atrocities. Exactly. I mean, you were. I mean, this is you know, it's it's being filmed so we can see it, but it's been happening mm-hmm. for you're right, hundreds of years. Um, mm-hmm. our country is, it was built on these racist ideals. Um, and, and so much of our history and, you know, much of the way our government was crafted is built upon racism. Yep. And, and we're seeing that really clearly right now, but I know it's been clear for a long time it's just you know this is when technology is you know helpful in a way uh because we can you know because some people just need that visual or the world needed that visual to take action which is which is one thing we really want to touch upon um on this episode is the action required the action that goes with the the you know the statements and and all the all the words that everybody's saying it's well what are you going to do about it you know it's the action how do we get to the next step how do we how do we actually make change um and i think you're right so. you know we've had um we've had these you know images of exactly what has happened we've watched a man die in custody. Uh, and, you know, sadly, uh, it has taken that to, to mm-hmm. gain this tremendous, um, you know, attention around the world. And, you know, it's a, it's something that uh, people of color have been trying to tell broader society for a very long time. So, um, right. And that's something I think, you know, you and I are both white women and and we um we have participated in the culture of white supremacy you know uh you know even (laughs) largely unintentionally but nonetheless that doesn't matter um and i know i this is something i've really been working on for the last several years and have been learning from you know, the diverse groups of students I've had on courses. Uh, And I really want to acknowledge that I have to continue to engage in this work all the time, every day, and acknowledge my own 
personal biases, um, how I contribute to white supremacy, and that, you know, I have a responsibility to really work to disrupt and change these systems um, that that exist that continue to um, suppress and 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 dominate uh, people who are not white. Absolutely. And this is something that in the white community, as myself am a part of, and I agree with everything you just said, Jamie, because I also have, of course, I've participated. I've, you know, unintentionally or perhaps intentional when I was younger and didn't know better. Or, I mean, there are probably countless things that I've said or done that were not, um, you know, in the best, you know, interest of others or, or you name it. But it's, um, you know, growing up in a way that uh, it is unintentional because it's just the way that, you know, you're used to things. Um, but, you know, realizing that and feeling that, you know, like it makes me feel like crap, you know, but that's I need to feel bad because that's the problem, you know, and it's not a personal I mean, it is personal, but it's not like, you know, the shame and the guilt, you know, that's one thing, but it's the springing into action, committing to learning and listening and and getting better, feeling uncomfortable, but then how can I be better? You know, and and it's, you know, it's humbling uh, to, you know, admit to myself, you know, wow, okay, I've been doing a lot of things wrong. What can I, what can I do better? Well, and I think like we as, um, as white women, I mean, we just have to get over ourselves. Like, sure, it feels, right, maybe it feels right. bad to admit that you've been racist, but whatever, like, doesn't feel as bad as being right. a subject of racism. So we have, hundred percent, you know, is, we can right, acknowledge right, and there's right. a great, you know, there's great books and resources out there to support white people as they are dealing with the, you know, the fragility of that. But we, you know, we have to get over that. You know, it it is, it's built into the structure of our entire um, culture in the United States. It's built in mm-hmm. our national governing structure, mm-hmm. all our institutions, our neighborhoods. Um, it's in our Montessori organizations and training centers and schools and classrooms. And so we mm-hmm. need to take, you know, this recognition of our privilege and engage with um, with with these issues and then look at, you know, consistently look for ways that we can dismantle racism because for the children, I mean, we can all see in the, you know, the potential in all children and we want all children ha- to have the opportunity to exercise that potential. And right now we live in a society mm-hmm. where children who are not white don't, don't, are not allowed by society to do that. And so in our work as Montessorians, we have to work to change that. We just have to. Mm-hmm. Um and there's lots of things I think we can do personally. I mean, everyone needs to do their own personal work of of understanding what it means to participate in a racist culture and the impact that that has. Um, you know, that's that's personal right. work for each individual to do. And there's great resources out there for that. Um, but then there's also... Um, the work that we can help, that we can do in our classrooms, in our schools, and within our organizations. And I think that's something 
that I'd like to talk about here about what we can do. You know, everyone's got to do their personal work. But then what can you do in your spheres of influence, especially in classrooms? Because I see racism in classrooms on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and it starts really young, too. And um, I've I've been reading a lot about, you know, because I as an educator, I know how influential, you know, the classroom, the way you conduct your class, being a teacher. I know how you are an influencer, 100 percent, you know, Um, and and that means you know, teachers, Montessori teachers, you have a great opportunity right now um, to really take a look at your environment, take a look at, you know, how you're, how are you teaching? You know, is your classroom equitable in every way? You know, how are you handling these different aspects? It's, you know, because it starts young and, you know, it, I mean, I've read it can start as young as two years old. I'm not I'm not an expert in all the science behind that. I'm really not sure. But I know that children are like um, they're like sponges. So they're going to absorb, you know, what is in front of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, actions to start at the classroom level is a great place to start. Right. Like, let's look at our prepared environments and what is present in our in our physical prepared environments. Do we mm-hmm. have examples of art from a variety of different cultures? Do we have images of human beings of all different uh, mm. shades of skin color? Um, yeah. Uh, the books on the shelf. Yeah, I think literature is a huge like that's a really that's a that's a really important one um literature and you know as simple as the illustrations in the books you know i mean that's a that's a simple visual thing that you can enact and you can look at and you can make sure that it's representative um of all races you know equally um Right. You want to be sure, too, that, you know, as you're looking at your psychological environment. So, you know, we've got a lot of control over the physical environment of the classroom, of of the items Mm -hmm. we put in the classroom. And I actually one last thing, too, there might be materials from your training courses that you need to remove because they uh, they have imagery of, you know, racist imagery. And that's fine. I mean, you need to do that until until that until there's another source for that, you need to take those (laughs) things out. So all of that is something we have control over in the physical environment. So think consciously about how you're making sure that all aspects of the physical environment are representative of um, Mm -hmm. a variety of cultures and approaches. But then think about the psychological environment because when i when i talk about that on courses you know i talk about how our job in building an, an you know a a psychological environment for children is is to make sure that every child feels safe and and when we mm-hmm. think about that in terms of race we really need to be sure that every child feels safe being their authentic selves and exhibiting the culture that they live in so that means mm-hmm. their language, their clothing, their rituals and everything from their culture. And, it, you know, it's easy to. Uh, well, I've seen I've seen that 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 not allowed that that a child, mm-hmm. a black child can't come and um, speak, you know, that the child has to do code switching to come to class and can't speak the way that they 
would normally speak in a place where they feel completely comfortable. And these are things we need Mm -hmm. to wrestle with and consider. How are we impacting a child's, you know, authentic expression of themselves when we um, forbid that kind of conversation or we forbid the, you know, we have to, we really have to wrestle and question ourselves in the classroom. Yeah, and I think all of these, you know, this wrestling of these thoughts and these conversations and these choices, it's it needs to be ongoing and constant because that's the only way to really be anti-racist is that you're constantly challenging, you know? Like you're you're constantly aware, you're on the, you know, you're thinking about it, you're fighting against it. It's not just a, oh well, I I changed my classroom, I'm good. No, it's it's a constant aggressive thought process. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, uh, an entire culture isn't going to change overnight. Right, it takes right. dedicated effort and engagement. And um, and so we just we have to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to look at that when we look at our um, I encourage all teachers to to go through your lessons and the lessons you've given your record keeping and take a look at and see our are racialized students getting the same amount of lessons as white students? Are mm-hmm. are they getting the full complement of everything we have to offer, or are certain subject areas emphasized and not others? You know, I I think that's another action that that Montessori guides need to take in their own self reflection about how they may be. Um, participating in white supremacy in their classrooms just through a lack of consciousness Mm -hmm. in their lesson planning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's taking a look at yourself and exactly that self-reflection and then acting on it. Um, Yeah. And and I think another thing to keep in mind, um, moving on a little bit to, you know, the school community you work with, um, you know, don't be afraid to speak about this and speak out if you feel like, you know, certain certain things are not being handled the way that you you believe they should be. Um, I think a lot of people, I don't know, I mean, I think, you know, speaking out is really important right now. Do you feel like, you know, you lit, you work in a div, like diverse community? Do you feel like everyone of course of course is treated the same? I mean, as a staff member or teacher, like do you feel that way? Um, I think these are the conversations that schools need to be having right now. Right. At the admissions and hiring mm-hmm. level. Like, mm-hmm. are we embodying the demographics of the community around us? Um, you know, are we, you know, or are we a little, you know, white island within a broader mm-hmm. community? I mean, right. it's, I think it's really important. And I think it's also important um in terms of taking a look at your disciplinary practices within a school mm-hmm. um, and looking and evaluating. I mean, do that same sort of reflection on the, you know, sort of interventions that have had to be done for children who are struggling to maintain um, cultural norms in the classroom. And and I, I would say, first, take a look at those cultural norms of the classroom or the school and decide if they're racist you know are we are are we being thoughtless in in our imposition of some of these expectations is the disciplinary action that we uh, that results from some infraction is it equitable 
Or mm-hmm. are we seeing that more children of color are getting, you know, written up or whatever that right, in right. a school yeah. culture? Mm-hmm. And um, and we need to, you know, we need to step back and evaluate that and make sure that we are, you know, again, not thoughtlessly, um, you know, imposing a, yeah, that that sort of action on, you know, un, um, like predominantly on a on our our children of color, our racialized children. So I think those are some serious things that we can think about in our class at our classroom level mm-hmm. about our own classroom practices, the way that we're helping every child feel that they can be truly themselves in their in, in their classroom mm-hmm. and and how we respond to behavior in our classroom and how we bring that, you know, to a whole school culture level. I mean, again, this isn't not offering a lot of answers. There's, you know, there's great resources out there for ideas and places to go in this work. But the questioning and the constant sort of critical engagement in this is essential. Like you were saying, this is this is lifelong work. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have to just be consistently consistently engaging. Yeah. And the questioning, I mean, and and Jamie, you and I have have spoken about this. We do not have the answers because this is, you know, we are entering sort of new territory, unfortunately, um, that all these questions are really being aggressively asked. And so it's going to be that a long process of questioning and you know, and again, getting over ourselves and doing the work that's important because what's important is that every child feels exactly safe and like they are treated equally and fairly in your classroom and that they have a place in the classroom as well. And that, you know, and it starts, so you know, education is so important for so many reasons, but this is one of the most important things, I think, um, because the way a child feels when they're six, seven, eight years old, that is, those are lasting memories forever. Um, and, you know, especially if it's a negative memory, that will, that is, that is not going to go away. Um, and so it is, you know, as Montessori teachers and Montessori's, Montessorians in general, like it is our duty to serve children first and foremost. And so this questioning of this work, it really goes in line with what our, what our job is. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's exactly it's, what yeah. we should be doing. <laughs> Yeah. Right. This is what we should be doing for all children all the time. Mm-hmm. But we have to be particularly conscious for um, racialized yeah. children, children that because because our, you know, our whole system is set up to not see that. Yeah. And so we have to like we have to make ourselves see who they are, value who they are and support that in the classroom and in our entire school. Um, Absolutely. And so that's that's hard work. I mean, and, and, and it takes, yeah, it just takes a lot of persistence and engagement, but it is part of the work we're called to do as Montessorians mm-hmm. anyway, Yeah, because that's how we can truly serve each child and their self-construction. That's right. And that's our work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think beyond our classroom and school levels, uh, we need to also consider our professional associations yes. within Montessori. So, you know, are the organizations that you belong to actively fighting against racism? Um, And if you're not seeing that, then write to them, call them. Yeah. 
you know, right. Those that are, you know, tell them the issues that you're seeing, um, you know, that those are the, those, that's the work we need to do. And there's people in all organizations that could, you know, really benefit um, from your support, but also perhaps from you revealing something they haven't considered. So think about that. Um, yeah. Think about that as you, as you think about ways to take action, even simply in the Montessori world, as well as, as beyond. I mean, I think right now, you know, silence is not an option. And and also, you know, I, 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 a lot of organizations that I belong to, whether Montessori or not, um, they have said a myriad of different things, some better than others. Um, and it's, it's really given me a lot of things to think about. Um, what I think an organization should be saying and uh, the ones that I've chosen to continue to, you know, uh, connect myself with. And then it sort of made me take a second look at some other ones that I that I belong to. Um, and and I think that challenge, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm just like, you know, it, it's a good thing to like, I want to associate myself with the things that I believe in. And I'm trying to you know, learn and listen again and, 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 you know, shift a lot of my thinking. And I know these organizations are doing that as well. Um, but it should be, you know, it's just, it should be in line with what you're thinking and how you're feeling. And again, like, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I've been sending emails to representatives and senators and things like that, but, you know, you can also send it to an organization. It's the same thing, right? It's it's hearing your voice. It's speaking out. It's that other. It's that taking action piece that that we're just sort of capitalizing on right now. Um, and it can just it can help you know it can help you remember why we're doing this work, right? You know, it's we're trying to shake the world up a little bit. That's what I think. All the the protests and everybody speaking out right now. I mean their voices are being heard and it's it's amazing and i i think that you have a voice as well and you can you can use that voice at the class level in your school and also with these organizations um and now's the time it really is yeah and it's going to be the time for uh, ever in the future um and i yeah, and right, i think right. two things you said there too talking about um listening and learning. So that again, goes back to, you know, we making sure, especially if you're a white person, that you are doing a lot of listening sometimes out of our, Mm -hmm. um, out of our sense of, of shame and guilt, we may, you know, in our efforts to help stop listening. And that's something we have to keep, you know, we haven't experienced this. And, um, and we have to be, we have to leave the space for those who have to tell us and help us have a better understanding and a better sense of, of where to go. So listening is important and finding all those resources that are going to support you. I mean, they're all over the place right now. There's some great resources available on, you know, numerous websites. So find one that's going to help you, you know, the, you know, the two number one books in the, in the, you know, selling right now are White Fragility and How to Be an Anti-Racist. Um, and those are, the, I, you know, I've read them both. They're excellent resources. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. websites available. Um, 
Monastery for Social Justice has some great links on their website to the work of Black Montessorians and other uh, Montessorians of the global majority. So, uh, you know, seek out those resources that are going to help you be better at listening and understanding and then helping you to uh, determine the actions that you can take to continue this important fight to against white supremacy and racism in our culture, yeah. in our classrooms, you know, at every level. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and Jamie and I will work on um, getting some links and um, resources for you guys that um, I can put on our Instagram um, and even perhaps our website. Um, so you can, you know, we can help you get the, you know, get to those sites. But um, yeah, there's a lot of resources out there right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you stumble over them. It's hardly, you yeah, know, lots of people right. have been posting them. I mean, they're yep. everywhere now, which is fantastic. It's and awesome. So it's awesome. You just need to do that work and and find those things. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Um, I think because it's, um, because that's that's each person's individual work. And then we have to just really think how this impacts our Montessori work. So I hope that's right. I hope that everyone is okay and safe and and wrestling with this and thinking about our responsibility in this work. And I I feel I feel like we can, you know, push for this change so that every child who's in our environments not only feels it within our environments, because, you know, that is a protected place in some ways, but also Mm -hmm. feels it in the broader culture when they Mm -hmm. leave our classrooms, that they, you know, that's, we can work on it on those, on both those levels, on our classroom level, and then on the full, you know, societal level, we have, we just have to do this work. That's right. That's right. And again, it's, it's not going to happen in a week, right? It's an ongoing process. And so, keep having those conversations and thoughts and, uh, you know, don't, I, I feel like all of us are overwhelmed by the mountain of this work and good because it's, it's a long, it's a long list. Right. Um, but I think a lot of this is going to start with education and right where we are. Um, and so, you know, if one anything, one step it, at a time, right, it, right, one, with the child, one step at a time, and That's right. um, and I'm sure a lot of you have resources or thoughts. This, you know, this this is certainly not exhaustive on the work that needs to be done. What we've talked right. about today, mm-hmm. but um, but you know, share that with us or or start a conversation with us on social media. Or, yeah, we would love or, it. Or do the work because that's that's most important and right. just um, right. and and keep that keep that going. It needs to be sustained. It needs to be a long effort. This isn't a this isn't a sprint. You know, we're in a mm-hmm. a long term marathon on this work and and we need to do it. Um, so I I just hope yeah, that all our listeners are well and thoughtful and able to consider ways that we do have an opportunity as educators to work to shift our culture away from away from a culture of white supremacy. That's right. And as always, reach out to us if you have any questions or need any support with finding links or or anything like that. Uh, you know, we are a community. We're a Montessori community, and um, we're all going to work together through this. Um, for a long time. And again, you know, 
this is a unique episode because we usually talk about, you know, other things, obviously, but we felt called to, to speak on it. Um, and also, this is not the only time we're going to talk about this, uh, because as we've said, this is ongoing work. This, you know, this isn't just a one episode thing, right? Um, so we're going to continue the conversation and the work um, with ourselves as well. Absolutely. All right. Be well, everyone. <laughs>